Hey guys, this is Carrie Myers here with Gospel-Centered Purpose, Living Your Life by Design. And today I'm sitting outside, so you're going to hear all kinds of things in the background. There are birds, bugs, chainsaws, you'll hear it all. But it's such a beautiful day that I had to just come outside and take in this beautiful, I don't know, maybe 80 degree weather here in Tennessee. So coming at you from outside in Tennessee. What we are going to talk about today is the journey to purpose. When we talk about purpose, we're talking about meaning, talking about design, God's will for our lives. Um, We all want to know what our purpose is, but few of us want to know if we are in the will of God or not. So it's easier to just chase a dream. It's harder to align everything about you, about us, talking to myself, um, our words, our thoughts, our attitudes, and our actions with the will of God. So how do we find the will of God? There's no other way than to search the word of God. We have to be in the word. I am such a big believer in that. That's where we find life. That is life. The word is life. So we have to be in the Word. As we become students of the Word, the Holy Spirit illumines the path. So it brings light to the path. And the only way to have the path illumined or lightened for us is by the Spirit. We have to have the Spirit. So how do we get the Spirit? So we can find the answer in Peter's sermon at Pentecost. Um, If you look at... Oh, goodness, sorry. I forgot to get my Bible out. If you look at Acts 2, I did not have this very prepared, sorry. Let's go to Acts 2 together. Um, Actually, if you read all of that chapter, you will read all about how the Holy Spirit was given. Now, there's a couple of things here. Um, Let me just read the first part of it. This is chapter 2. It says, when the day, sorry guys, that was a truck driving down my street, and they speed down here. That is craziness. Slow down. Okay. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Okay, let's just stop right there for a minute. So, here's a couple of things. Once the people saw this, there were a couple of questions that came to mind. Now, these are three great great questions. Sorry, that's hard to say. Great questions that I think we all need to think about as we study the word. So here's the first question. In Acts 2 verse 8, it says, How is this that we hear each of us in his own native language? So the first question is, how can this be? So how is this? Number one, how is this? How can it be? That's the first question. Then if you look down in verse 12, it says, what does this mean? So that's the other question is what does this mean? How can this be? And what does this mean? And then if you jump down to verse 37, then you see 
another question. The third question is, what shall we do? So how can this be? What does this mean? And what shall we do? They were so amazed at the things that were happening. You know, so how can this be? What does this mean? What shall we do? But let's talk a little bit of what the sermon at Pentecost that Peter talked about. Um, he, right after the questions, how can this be and what does this mean? Peter gave a sermon. And here, I'm just going to highlight the sermon, but if you want to look it up, it's Acts 2, 14 through 35. But I'm going to summarize it. So the first thing is that Christ came doing mighty wonders and signs that God did through him. So it's just that authority of Christ. Jesus laying down his authority of that, yes, he is the Messiah. He came doing mighty wonders and signs. The second thing Peter talked about is that Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God to be killed by lawless men. It was the definite plan and foreknowledge of God that this would happen, that Jesus would be given up to death and be given up for us. And the third thing that Peter talks about is that God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So Jesus raised from the dead. Nobody else had done that before. Of course, Lazarus did. We saw him being raised from the dead, but only to experience death again. But Jesus was raised from death, conquering death. So when the men of Judea and all who dwelled in Jerusalem heard this, they asked the third question, what shall we do? And here is what Peter says. First thing is repent. Change the direction of your life. That is what repent means. Change the direction. It's an inward response. You're repenting. You're changing the direction of your life. You're being transformed. Be baptized. That's the outward appearance. of You pledge. You're in alignment with. You make a public profession of. Don't hide it. Be proud. So repent. Change the direction. And be baptized. Like make that profession. Be proud of it. Live your life out loud. And the change that happened as a result of the personal relationship with Jesus, we can see in verses 42 through 47. And I'm just going to name a couple of them. They devoted themselves to teaching. There was fellowship. There was breaking of bread. Prayer. There was awe. Great awe. A-W-E. Awe. Wonders and signs. They were selling and distributing to those in need. There were generous hearts, praising God, and favor with people. All of those things are not inward focused, they're outward focused. You know, being generous and distributing to those in need and finding favor with people. You don't find favor with people by being selfish, you find favor with people by being about people. So when we start pursuing our God-given purpose and design, the natural overflow will be a life devoted to loving God and loving others as ourselves. So we will be outward focused. That is a direct result of that. When we're pursuing our, our God-given purpose and design, it's outward focused. We will be about others. 
So I don't know if this is my age or if it's my journey with the Lord right now, or maybe a little bit of both, but lately I've been sensing a huge desire to make the last half of my life count. Okay, when I say last half, I'm 47. Don't know if you knew that or not. Um, I pray that I live another 47 years. <laughs> but here is the true reality of it. Like, I am probably more than likely, if not past it, I am at the middle mark of my life. And so I want to live this next half not for self anymore. I feel like I have been selfish in the past, but this last half, I want to make it count for others. Not that I haven't before, because uh, we all have this innate desire to matter. Um, but this time, it's a burning desire to build a life that matters for eternity. And so are you eternally focused? And I've talked about this before, and I'm not talking about eternal existence. Staying the same way we are forever, like Tim Keller puts it, that's hell. But eternal life is heaven. That's the life now and in the future. That's that eternal life. And so can you truly say you have life right now? That it is a life that you are finding joy in and peace in. I heard a, um, somebody say in a different podcast before I listened to so many different ones. But it was actually on marriage. And what he said was, he talked about two reasons that people divorce. One is for lack of skills, and the second is because they don't have a mission greater than themselves. Okay, that really stuck out to me because I think that that's not only a marriage, that is individual. That's the individual um, person having a mission bigger than themselves. Do you have a mission bigger than yourself, or is your mission in life inward focused? Is it about me? Like, I want this, I want that. I want to be successful. I want to have a ministry. I want to have, I want to write a book. I want to write this. I want to own this. I want to, these things shouldn't be about ourselves, but about others. Now, there's nothing wrong with writing a book. There's nothing wrong um, with success and a sense of like making um something, but you don't want to make a name for yourself. You want to pursue others. You're using your God-given talents and gifts and your story for others. And we see that at Pentecost. We can only do that through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us as believers to walk out our God-given stories for the purpose of building others up. Um, just the other day, I was leading a group of women in a Bible study that we're doing, talking about the miracles of Jesus. And we came across, um, I believe it's in, let me look it up, sorry, um, John 9, I believe. And it was the, hold on, let me get there. Sorry, guys. Okay, Jesus heals a man born blind. And the disciples were asking him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Did you get that? That the works of God might display in you, be displayed in you. There are good works that God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. And that's in the, we see that in Ephesians. 
And then we also see in Ephesians as each person is working together properly, then the body grows. We're here for each other to help each other grow and to minister to each other. We're not, we were not commissioned in Genesis when um, he created the earth. He didn't commission Adam and Eve to go make life about themselves. He commissioned them to be fruitful and multiply, to have dominion over the earth and subdue it. This is not self. This is about others. It's about creating an environment and cultivating an environment where others grow, others um, come to know the Lord, and others are, are ushered into the kingdom as well. So that whole idea of having dominion and subduing it, that's the tending to and taking care of and cultivating. So what has God placed in your path that he wants you to tend to, take care of, and cultivate? I want you to just think about that. So what are you cultivating? What kind of life are you cultivating right now? And so I want you to be encouraged to know that you there are good works for you that God prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. And so as you look at back at Acts 2 and how they fellowshiped together, broke bread together, we see also there that it's not about self, it's about others. And so I just want to encourage you to pour your life out for others. Be God gave each of us a different story. And so some, sometimes we get so caught up on uh, what others are doing. Don't get caught up on what others are doing. Really think about and pray through the story that God has given you, the gifts and talents that he's given you, and use those for his good purpose so that just like with the blind man, that God might be displayed, his glory might be displayed through your life. So I want to encourage you with that today. I want you to think about that, journal about it, write it out. Um, again, sorry for being outside, but it's such a beautiful day that I just had to get outside and get some of this beautiful weather. It just really, that also ministers to my soul to be out in, soul, to be out in creation. So love you guys. Um, hop back. I will hop back on here again in a different podcast and we'll talk more about God, our um, gospel-centered purpose are living our life by design. So hopefully you're encouraged today and I will see you on the next podcast.